So what an event this was. UFC 290 at T-Mobile Arena, International Fight Week. To start off, I thought, you know, a lot of people were talking about how name value-wise this card might not have been one of the better UFC International Fight Week cards. But in terms of quality, man, this one was one of the best that I think I've ever seen. And, you know, I think that was displayed by the one thing that I keep seeing that there were four sub one minute like finishes on this card, which has never happened in modern UFC history. Obviously, that's kind of happened in the older days when they were fighting, like, <laughs> literally three times a night. But I think that's why they call it. I'm glad they say that, because they used to not say modern UFC history, and then they would just, like, forget about those older fighters. Yeah. But it's a different era. But it was an awesome event. A lot of energy in the crowd. Big names in attendance. I mean, a lot of actors, athletes. Trump was there. He was, uh, he got, did you see they gave him, like, a walkout? Like, I don't know if you caught that. It was at the tail end of the prelims. Yeah, that's pretty intense. <laughs> it was so funny. Like, I was watching, um, it was like Michael Eves, Dominic Cruz, and Bisping talk, and then you see him, like, pop up in the background on the uh, Jumbotron, and I'm like, yo, <laughs> it's Trump. And then they cut to, like, a shot of him just walking out with Dana. Like, he's a fighter almost. It was crazy. <laughs> he was shaking hands with people I think and stuff. He's gonna, I think he's going to get booked on the Elon and Mark Zuckerberg card. The undercard. Fight Biden? <laughs> Biden probably, you know, Biden just has his hands too full and whatnot. Um, he won't get into a cage with me. He's too scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Trump's just have, have to do the calling out. He'll call somebody out. Yeah, I mean, I was I was watching um, his morning combat. Shout out to Luke Thomas and Brian Campbell, but they were talking about what if Trump was had like an investment in Power Slap, and that might have been the funniest shit I heard all week. <laughs> There's a lot of good slappers, the best slappers, only on Rumble. But <laughs> I I was. It was cool to see all those people there. I mean, so I don't know how much we should talk about Trump just because of all the things yeah. that are going on. And then associate him with slap. like They don't need the publicity. Yeah. <laughs> they don't need that publicity. CNN, ne- next me. thing you know, is going to be going at it. They're going to be like, yeah, I mean, power slap. There's a bit of, you know, I'm not, I'm not even going to go there. I'm not going to go there. But um, let's, you know, let's just get right into the fights. <laughs> what do you say? That makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. So, in the main event, Alexander Volkanovsky defeats Yair Rodriguez by TKO. Four minutes and 19 seconds into round three. And the place that I want to start this is where we usually start it when Volkanovsky fights. is just the fact that this dude is so great at every aspect of mixed martial arts. Like, Yair had a little bit of success on the feet, but Volk was still landing well. And then on the ground, it just wasn't even close really like the ground and pound was brutal and i just yeah i, I thought anytime it was on the ground yeah, yair yeah. just didn't really have much of a chance but the thing is it's not because yair is bad on the ground like he has a really good guard i think he has an underrated guard honestly so he's good off his back but volk just made it look easy when he was on top man but what did you think of this performance yeah dude you said it pretty much and you know i hope like I hope this isn't one of these fights that gets, you know, too tied in with, like, how, ex- you know, just the finish alone and how that went. Because I think, you know, sometimes even, like, ourselves. Well, it's more just a general thing with fight fans that get, like, too a little caught up in the one specific moment that happened in the fight. And sure, like, I think the different there's a difference between that and then an actual turning point in the fight. 
And so in this case, the you know what I'm talking, what I'm referring to obviously is yeah. the headbutt. And so for me, it's like I think with the turning point, like a turning point within a fight is more like okay, so it is a more fight that's it's taking. This is telling more. I'd say more of. There's more to take from in this fight, whereas this fight only didn't even go, you know, past two rounds, and so three uh, rounds, three rounds, three <laughs> rounds, right? So, so places, like it, it. either, you know, regardless, we didn't even get into the championship rounds yet, and so with me, like, I think the people that are taking credit away from Volk because of that, and then instant, you know, obviously, like at this, you know, pretty much the second the fight gets back, you know, gets going again, like. That was all she wrote for Yaya Rodriguez. I, you know, I wish people would kind of just, I guess maybe some people need another watch or whatnot. Like, yeah, obviously, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to just have one live reaction to a fight and then have your entire opinion based on that. But I think Volk was, I think Volk had that fight well in his, well in his wheelhouse from the get go, even with, like you were mentioning, working off his back. You know, the jiu-jitsu was obviously working in all phases for him. Like, it's just, like, however you want to slice it. Like, this is this is the actual champion, and then Yair is the interim champion. And then from what I saw from the entire fight that we got, I was just seeing the interim champion get out outclassed by the actual champion. Which is crazy because Yair Rodriguez, you know, like I was saying, his his guard is insane. So the fact that Volk was just holding him down and beating the crap out of him on the ground is special enough because as we saw in the Josh Emmett fight, that's not exactly he's, easy he's to do. He's a pit bull, man. Volk, yeah. like he's just he's relentless. I love and, it. And like the pace that he puts on guys, it's just unmatched. And yeah. I think that that was something that we can get into. And a so, like, you could argue, too, exactly, you could just argue that the longer the fight goes, the worse that it gets, anyways, for Yair Rodriguez. So, I don't know if it would have gotten much better. I mean, dude, you could argue that that stoppage was almost a little late, which is how many. And I think, it, you yeah, know, man. world title fight, you give him a little bit more yeah. of a leash if you can, but. I don't think that that fight would have gotten any better if that round would have ended. Because it was towards the end of the round, but I don't know, man. He was just getting pounded on. And you were you were mentioning the headbutt. I know you're, a little bit you're talking about Bilal Muhammad's tweet. but Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> I my, that. that's definitely like... That's that was the first one in well. your head? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Oh, man. I, I get it. But, and like Bilal train, trains them, though, like a lot in the past like month, so I get why he has a rooting interest. Yeah. But at the same time... I, I think I even said this to you. Yeah, you could argue maybe that it impacted him like when he first got hurt, but then it was like another minute think, and a half after yeah, he I just, just got finished. To me, it's just like it comes off whether you mean whether you mean it or not. Like this, it just comes off like you're slighting the guy that obviously won the fight by way of the head. Well, I'm just saying that I think that like I get where he's coming from because like yeah. to say that that wasn't yeah. a terrible headbutt, like that was a bad one. Like his head snapped back, like that was a punch. And I think, but I guess hurt, there's but... just like a, you know, maybe there's just a better way to to word it or go about it. Then besides head, yeah, head just butt. like yeah, <laughs> Isn't yeah. That what he said? just head butt. just like a straight direct tweet to everyone, like yeah, yeah. this is why th- that happened. So yeah, and like <laughs> to think that Volk is also like he's one of the pound for pound best fighters in the world. I mean, so yeah, like to take it away from the guy like, who's proven it. I understand already. like you're only as good as your last fight, pretty much, but. Like the thing with Volkanovski is he just he seemingly just gets better. And if he, if he's not getting better, then he's just 
because he's already better than everybody, then he just he knows how to work every every single one of his opponents to like to every to each degree. Like that's it. He that's finds he, ways to win. In he's every clean, He's one cleared of his out fights. the entire division. Basically, it's not even, yeah. But if you wanted to, if you want, if it was, we have there was literally just an interim champ, and that's put to bed like just like that. So I don't know what more you really want from the guy, honestly. It's tough because at featherweight, I'm not sure who beats this guy. I mean, he overcomes adversity like nobody I've ever seen. In this fight, it was pretty minimal just with, like, Yair's length. But, like, you think of the Ortega fight, him getting out of that. Because someone was talking about it in the – I think it was in the first round. Yair was um, trying to get him with, like, triangles. And, like, we were saying when I was watching it, just, like, until this dude actually gets submitted or finished, I won't – I will refuse to, like, believe that's going to happen. Like, I think that this dude – is just so elite everywhere. Like if Brian Ortega couldn't finish him in those, like in yeah. those submissions that he got, <laughs> I don't know who is at featherweight. Seriously, and you talked about clear out the clearing out the division. I think that this is like a good talking point to get into, like what's next for Volk. You know, some people. I think it's been a poll between two things: Ilya Toporia or the Islam rematch. So, I think I might be able to think of where your head is at based on what you were just saying. But what what do you think is should be next for Volk? Yeah, it's it's I mean, yeah, it's got to be Tapori. I feel. I think that honestly, I think that's. I think just at this point in time right now with both these guys, I think honestly, as good as we're gonna see the both of them, like, why not, dude? It makes it just it makes. I don't think there's gonna be really be like a better, like a better time that they're gonna cross paths and eventually fight so why not just do it now you know i mean me personally i honestly think that they should go with the islam one just because that's a huge fight it's going to be a main event in abu dhabi and the first one was so close but then i also like my thing is (sighs) yeah but like well let me say this like toporia i agree with you 100 like i should say that toporia is the only guy who volk has left so i get like waiting for that like even longer could possibly mean that there's a fight in between and then Toporia loses, which would screw everything up. But at the same time, do you think that Toporia beats Volkanovski? Because I don't know. <laughs> but the the other side of that is now you've got the lightweight champion defend you know now two straight title defenses against a guy not even in the division. Yeah, but who do you even give it to at lightweight? Oliveira? I don't think I think Volk I don't know. deserves a rematch more than like, he does. Because here's like, the thing: now you got, now you got all the BS with Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler, right? So whatever. So I guess more and maybe more in Michael Chandler's case, say he wins that. He say that fight happens and he wins. Like now, so right there, there's probably I don't know. They're obviously like how UFC views. Michael Chandler and obviously how he views himself and goes about each fight obviously like it's his last so maybe right there that's the time that you know just there like here's Michael Chandler's because how you know how old my how old is Michael Chandler anyways not to even make this like conversation about him but just like he's been fighting for a minute I'm gonna look it up now you know if his best days indeed in Bellator like he's 37 so yeah so getting up there I'd say, yeah, so, like, yeah, that's the thing, I don't, lightweight, lightweight's just, like, that division that's kind of, not, like, I don't want to say in flux, but it's just always, there's just so many, it's, it's, it's always been such a deep division with so many, you know, personalities and stuff, so. See, with Chandler, though, I don't even, and, you know, we were talking about this in that one video, 
But uh, I, I don't think that that fight is going to happen, at least not anytime soon. Like Even Dana now, we were talking about you it before know, the pod, he said it. Because <laughs> we were talking about how Dana said, literally said word for word that he didn't care what USADA thought. And then went back on it and acted like he never said it. And actually said, <laughs> fuck everybody who said that I said it. Even though there's like video evidence of it. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But like my main point in bringing this like point up is that Dana said that he's not even really like there's so much business that has to happen for this fight to go down that he's not even really thinking about it yet and he did say that you saw it does matter in this in this instance okay. so i think that that means that we're probably not going to see connor in 2023 i'm i'm still like pretty strong minded on that like prediction i i don't yeah. i really don't believe yeah. that we see him this no. year maybe next year but not this year but I don't know, man. And that, that's when, you know, to go back to the fights that we were talking about, where does that leave the lightweight division? You're right. Like, there's so many characters. Maybe you... See, if you if you were to make Volk versus Islam and then the Chandler-McGregor fight never happens, maybe you even do a Chandler-Olivera rematch. That could be crazy. But, like, it all depends on what you, they end up choosing. Because I think it's one or the other with Volk. I don't know if there's really any other avenue yeah. for him besides either this Taporia fight or... you bring him up versus Islam because everybody still feels the same I way. I mean, that would be pretty dope for Volk to get another shot at becoming double champ. So... I just think he deserves it because, like, he's... I mean, he's so good, man. Like, he doesn't get the credit that he deserves as an all-time great. This man's 26-2 and two and has, like, three wins over Holloway, wins, <laughs> uh, win over Jose Aldo, Chad Mendez, Ortega... Korean zombie. Like, even I, I even I can like think back to when obviously him and Max were, you know, still have you know have yet to complete their trilogy and like yeah. you know Volk had already beaten Max twice by this point and obviously the the second fight with the the controversy and whatnot like man there was just that was I think that was the height of like the the Volkanovski I, like I don't even want to call it disrespect because like I know like. I think people just up, like I gotta, if it's dis, if it like the disrespect is easy to tell. It's like okay, you're just you just don't even like watch fighting enough. You don't know enough. Like you don't know you're not even worth the time or the attention. But it, the people that like like kind of you know I'll just even whether but like I said before whether whether Bilal Muhammad or not was trying to whether he was trying to meaning to slight Volk or not like how it how it comes off and then you see the reaction too from fans and stuff like you know. To a public lie, like, you can't really, like, sure, you can, like, go, I wouldn't say even go back, you know, like, you can clear, you can clear it up and, like, maybe give an explanation, but, like, then also, then it's, like, you know, you might as well not even either tweet it at all or just, like, delete what you said and just, like, move on or something, but. Yeah, man, I don't even know. I can't defend, I mean, like I said, I can only defend it in the sense that that headbutt was actually a big thing, but, like, the finish was way after, and it was on the ground. And like he was getting, it wasn't like he got knocked out. He got ground and pounded until a stoppage. Like yeah. He and he got taken down. He didn't get knocked down. Like remember, Volk, Volk picked his ass up and got right inside control. Like that was insane, man. And I, I like I said, man, this dude is truly one of one. Like we're witnessing one of the best well, careers we've yeah. seen. That's so my opinion. I I'll even say like I think, I I I think yeah I think the the rematch with Makhachev like it makes more sense at this time but in terms of like what probably should happen you know uh, good thing that's not really for us to decide but and we oh. just get to 
I'll say this. I know Dana, and I like that Dana said this. He said that Volk has done so much as champion at this point and has performed at such a high level that he, like when they asked him to warrior Islam, he pretty much said, you know, he's so good that whatever he wants to do, we'll roll with it, which is awesome. Like, I think he's earned that right. Yeah. So that's a cool thing to realize that Volk is probably going to pick his next opponent. You know, if it's Islam, it's going to be another huge fight like it was the first time. And I, I just get excited every time Volkanovski's on a card. I mean, like I said, we're witnessing a guy who is one of the best fighters of his generation right now. Yeah. So whether people want to admit that or not, I, I get that he's still in his prime and maybe still you know, exactly after, but still in his prime, defending his title. Just paper look at his resume. That's what I tell people watching. Just look at his resume, and you guys yeah, like man. will be in awe of the people that he's beaten. In how does beating. the how does the the ruby thing work? With you the get bill? one every title defense. So, so I think he has what the Holloway one, then Ortega. Uh, Korean zombie, right? Is that yeah, Korean and then Yai Yair. So that'd be four. I can look it up though. I have topology open, so I'll just like I don't know why I'm trying to guess, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that's all there. Damn, dude, that's like yeah, Holloway, Ortega, uh, TKZ, Holloway again, and then Yair. So he has five so, right now. I don't know if you get one for the win. Like the original title fight, yeah, win. Yeah, I don't yeah. think you do, but they title might. defense, yeah, that may, it makes sense. Yes, yeah. damn man, he's it's all time stuff he's doing. It so. really is insane, but I think, I think we've left it to the two clear options: Topuria or Islam. Let us know what you guys think. But let's move on to the uh, next fight between Alexandre Alexandre Pantoja and Brandon Moreno. Pantoja defeats Moreno for a third time by split decision. Uh, 248-47s for Pantoja, and then 49-46 for Moreno, which I feel like is where, like, where we should start, because I don't know how that... Like, I could see 48-47 Moreno, sure, but four rounds in that fight? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I just... I don't want to like shit on that judge too much, because he's usually a pretty good one, but... That that one I just don't get, and at least it didn't matter. So I don't want to focus too much yeah. on it. But I don't see, and he gave Moreno the last four rounds. And be honest with you, I don't know how you give round five to Brandon Moreno. So, but either way, Pantoja defeats him for the third time. Much deserved title fight because I know me and you have talked about this plenty of times before this got booked that we thought that Pantoja and Moreno needed to fight again, and now that they did, I think two things are clear. Pantoja is the worthy champ and Moreno has gotten so much better since he fought him the first two times. So I, I'll let you kind of riff. Where do you want to start with this one? Cause there's so many places you could start. Cause this was an absolute war. Oh, I know that's the thing. It's like <laughs> there you really, I guess you really can't even go wrong. I mean, I thought like at first I thought Moreno's chin was in particular was going to carry him the entire way, which like you say it did, but you know, he didn't win the fight. I thought it was like, he was just going to wear each shot. The judges were going to notice he was going to, obviously he was going to continue to keep the pressure on and land and all that. And then the judges would you know, take notice of that. And then just like that, boom, that's the, that's the difference in a split decision victory right there. But dude, like Pantoja was Pantoja, I think, in terms of, like, resiliency, like, dude, I mean, I, have, I, like, that was one of the most gutsiest performances. Gutsiest championship 
championship wins from a challenger I've, like, literally ever seen. Especially um, against a guy who he's beaten twice. Like, for that to be such a tough fight and, like, hats off to both of them. Like, you're talking I mean, about Pantoja like you, Moreno, like, too. Exactly. Like, like, you literally just said, I mean, about Brandon Moreno just getting better and better. Like, like Some of the dude. scrambles in that fight, man, were insane. And, like, the one thing I noticed on the feet in this fight was Moreno's hands were way faster, but Pantoja's grappling was just way too much. I mean, on the ground, people were saying online that he wasn't doing much from back mount. I'm like, all right. Just read that again. Wasn't doing much from back mount. Like, he's on his back. Like, I get that. He, it's hard to get a submission against one of the best fighters in the world. But he was on his back. And it's not like Moreno was able to do much from that position, you know? So, like, people saying that that type of control doesn't matter is kind of mind-boggling to me. Like, I get wanting a finish and thinking that it's there and maybe he's just trying to ride it out. But Moreno's a tough, tough dude, man. And I just think that to not give credit to the back control is kind of weird. So I don't know. I gave this fight to Pantoja. I'm not a hundred percent sure on the scorecards. I've watched this fight three times and it's just so, it's just so awesome. I can't get past the fact of how much of a war it was. Like we had two fight of the year contenders on this card and this was probably one of the best flyweight title fights of all time. I just, I love it. Can you believe that a couple of years ago, man, that we were talking about this division might not even be a thing anymore? Like when Figgy knocked out Benavidez and missed weight, so there were no champion. There was no champion for like a solid maybe five months, something like that. And uh, just to see where it's gone from those days is yeah. just amazing. Like I'll, I'll say this. I'm very happy that the flyweight division is still around. But I think the thing that everybody talks about for fights and honestly i don't really have a strong opinion on this i'll tell you mine and then like you can tell me what you think because i'm i don't know if we're on the same page with this one just because it's not like a typical opinion but when i think about what's next for pantoja i don't really think of anyone and it's not because i don't think that there's like worthy contenders but like that was such a war that i don't really want to see either of those guys fight for the next like six months like they deserve a break after some shit like that like did you see both of their faces after that fight dude swollen bloody like (laughs) i don't i think that pantoja has earned the right to just sit back for a few months and let the flyweight division kind of reset itself and then because i don't want to see a moreno fight what do you what do you think about that well i don't i don't think you're gonna see Moreno fight anyways, so, like, I think you don't really gotta, I think it's more just, you know, the next big flyweight fight, pretty much, like, it doesn't have, you know, it doesn't have to be for the title, I think just, mm, I guess, I guess it's, I guess maybe it's better to think about who Moreno's next fight could be. I don't even know, because Moreno's another, like, even with him, I don't want to see him fight anytime soon. Like, And Moreno's been active and has had, like, multiple wars. So him especially, like, even more than Pantoja, I want to see kind of take a second. Like, you've already been a two-time champion. You know, this dude's beaten you three times. And your legacy is set, though. Like, everybody loves Brandon Moreno. He can afford to take a little bit of time off. Like, the UFC markets him well, I'm sure. He does well with, like, sponsorships outside of the UFC and stuff. But in terms of other contenders, Figueredo is probably going up to 135. There's Amir Albazi, there's Brandon Royval, Cara France. But, you know, obviously Albazi just beat Cara France, but that was a, t- I don't know, that was a tough decision in my opinion. But uh, you could give it, you could give him Royval, but hasn't Pantoja, Pantoja just beat Royval, didn't he? Not like just, just beat him, but 
relatively recent, I think. Let me just double check so I'm not just talking out of my ass. He beat him in August of 2021, so I guess it's been two years. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think Roy Val? Because Roy Val's coming off three wins, two first-round finishes. I don't know, man. Maybe. But it's just like, how soon is Pantoja even going to get in there? Like, both of those guys took so much damage in that fight. That's why, like, you know, usually me and you are so, like, gung-ho to pick someone, like, right off the bat. Like, oh, well, who's next? For this one, it's just like, do we really want to see Pantoja fight in, like, October <laughs> after just going through a war like that, dude? Like, I, I don't know, man. I, I personally want to see the flyweight division kind of reset itself a little bit because the only things that I really heard people talk about are Roy Val, who I think you could argue for, and then Yeah, Marino. there's that much to really talk about, honestly. Yeah, man. I mean... I guess we'll just let it reset, like we're yeah. saying. So, we'll get into the next fight. I mean, this fight card, man, was filled with just constant action, big fights. This one, big middleweight title eliminator. Robert Whitaker versus Drykus Duplessis. I mean, me and you have been talking about this after all these middleweight fights that have happened, saying that this is the last domino to fall, and it has fell. I think that <laughs> DDP, man, he rose to the occasion. That's the best way to put it. He fought one of the best all-around fighters in this sport, and he took him out. And the, what more can you say besides, like, wow. When's the last time that we've had a true title eliminator like that, and the guy who you know the promotion probably wants to see win actually gets the job done, and in spectacular fa fashion? I was really impressed by Duplessis in this fight. What did you think, man? Yeah, dude. Uh, so, more, more so on, like, all right, like, I, I think with, like, it was so, I, I think now that the fights happened already, like, I'll, I guess, fine, I'll, I'll be, I'll be more, be more open about this, but, man, I wasn't crazy about Robert Whitaker coming in, like, anyways, it's more like a fight week thing, I guess, just, like, you know, just more, not even about, like, all the outside things going on between, obviously, the current champion, Izzy Adesanya, and then Drake Duplessis, but I, like, I, this, to me, this, like, felt like just kind of, like, I was, like, was, I think it would have been better for Rob Whitaker to not even, like, take this fight, and then Drake Duplessis is now still scrambling and trying to, you know, find, waiting to find his fight, like, I feel like, I feel like, kind of in a way, like, maybe UFC just, like, you know, saw, like, didn't really even try to seek out like what else there was for Drake's duplessis and like Robert Whitaker is available. You know, Robert Whitaker right now is is like he's obviously like his. It's obvious now his best days are behind him. Like, I really, you think just, that? I don't think that at all. So you I don't, think this was a, not to say it's no nah, man. Well, like, I'll, like I mean, I'm not just gonna interrupt you. Like, what do you? Like, I why think, do you think well that? for so here's the thing now like. So if Adesanya beats Drake's Duplessis, sure. then are we are we are we are we saying a rematch between Duplessis and Rob Whitaker? Okay, wait. So do you when you say like his best days are behind him, like are you talking just strictly like about championship days? Yeah. Okay, I thought you meant like skill because I think like he could still no, beat, like, yeah, a lot but like people. so like that's what I'm saying. Like okay, yeah, no, so I can agree. I can now agree I gotta break out the you know like. The matchmaking, yeah, about, and then yeah. like now you know we're talking about Robert Whitaker as a gatekeeper, and like I never thought that would 
be a thing I'd ever be saying. Which, it's crazy because I think if Izzy <laughs> wasn't around, Whitaker probably would have been really dominant as champion. Because I think for a while it was really like one and one A, and Whitaker Dude, just, it just sucks. Like man, and that see, like it's good that you that you um that you you know you kind of like caught me there because like I was you know it did sound like i was going more and like yeah you know robert wicker he's washed he doesn't have it at all anymore but yeah i was like i got that i get that he got knocked out but i was like yeah, damn no <laughs> but i get what you're saying that exactly. makes sense yeah and, and so like yeah man it's just <laughs> it's tough you never like to see whitaker lose man he's one of the best like people in this world. and i guess now with like all right now that we've got the domino to fall like you said it's now we know. Like this is the fight. Honestly, I feel like I, let's let's talk in terms of like who UFC wants to win. I feel like they'd probably want Duplessis to win. Honestly, then and, versus Adesanya. Yeah. Really? How? What, what is your theory on that? I don't know if I really think that they favor either way. But I'm I think they, well, I think. think they want. I think they. Will, I think. I think they'd want a rivalry between these guys, and so multiple fights, and like a you know potential trilogy maybe but i a lot of that just crazy. shoulders on duplessis himself you know like i mean to so talk about first like yeah go ahead i, go I was gonna say because i definitely don't want to like over just go right over the win over whitaker because i think yeah. beating a guy like whitaker is just deserves the like the hype in itself i mean he came in there and he actually delivered on what they needed him to deliver yeah. on because yeah. that was all on him if he lost that fight that title fight's gone so you know that the UFC wanted a fresh contender and he really rose to the occasion. And one of the things that I noticed and kind of why I was like hesitant to like say that Whitaker is like washed in any way, it was more because one of the things I thought was a factor in this fight that I didn't really think of before is the fact that DDP was like a lot bigger than Whitaker. And you can kind of see that just in the terms of how they were landing. Like when Whitaker was landing on Duplessis, it wasn't having that same effect like it would throw him off a little bit but he wasn't getting hurt but every time yeah. that Duplessis hit Whitaker clean Whitaker was clearly like affected by it and then in that second round man just that finish was crazy like I, I don't know if I thought that duty or uh Dragus Duplessis could beat Whitaker but I definitely didn't think he could finish him and I will say that like I was definitely wrong about that I thought Whitaker was if he was going to get it done it was going to be a tougher fight than his usual ones because I do think Dreykus is really good. And on the ground, man, he's elite. I mean, doing what he was doing to Whitaker at the end of the first and then to finish the fight is insane. Like, he made him look mortal. And I don't think anyone's really made Whitaker look like that since Adesanya, if I'm being honest. So just to see him finish him and, like, cut him up with the elbows, too, just a great, great win. But then, you know, we go on to the, the fight with Adesanya now. Afterwards, he gets into the cage... So let me ask your opinion on this first. Do you think he was drunk? <laughs> I think he might have been a little buzzed. <laughs> Man, I don't know if that was a sober moment. I don't. Yeah, either way, it was. It was not. It was not, <laughs> not ideal. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna repeat what Israel Adesanya called Jarkus Duplessis probably like four or five times in the broadcast. ESPN was probably like blowing up Dana's phone, like stop him now, but. You know, this fight, and you were talking about a rivalry, I think that this rivalry goes way past the octagon. I mean, I don't really want to get too far into it, but it has to do with, like, Africa a lot. A lot. And, you know, we, we saw that Duplessis said that he wants to technically be the first African UFC champion, and then obviously that got some pushback from Adesanya. 
And since then, it's just been a really like personal beef in a weird place. Now, I'll say this. I don't love it, but at the same time, I'm not going to be one of those people who's like, this is too far because they're fighting. You know what I mean? This is the ultimate fighting championship. You, these guys are going to sling mud at each other, but they're going to get in the cage and fight at the end. So if this isn't basketball, this isn't baseball, they're not just playing a game. This is going to get settled in the cage. So I think that you can kind of like take that real world aspect out of it because it's i think it's gonna get a little ugly like in the like fight week maybe during the press conferences especially if the whole thing with africa starts coming up because i have to do with that has to do with like a part hide and a bunch of stuff that i don't even want to remotely get into in this podcast but i i, I don't know i definitely well, don't think it's ideal but what did so you, yeah you can kind of continue let's kind of saying. let's kind of think of like the tale of the tape between between the two, Adesanya and Duplessis. So I get, I think honestly the first thing I think about would probably be Reach, and I would think that's you know probably in favor of Izzy. Yeah, I think on the feet in general. Izzy on the feet, yeah. Favored. On the feet, exactly. And because even in this fight, Duplessis' striking was more like power oriented, not exactly like the. Greatest I, the technique. thing is too, I don't you know I don't really think Duplessis is you know getting him with takedowns either and so like you're th- you're kind of talking like i think like in order to get izzy down like he's gonna have to knock him down like actually and so man i just think i think yeah like you said i think that stand up between the two is like it's gonna be man it's, it's gonna it's gonna it's i don't know if it's gonna last long on there but i'll ever for every second that it is on the feet like it's gonna be huge it's gonna be danger at all times for duplessis because he keeps his head in the pocket and against a guy like adesanya he's gonna find yeah i think his only hope i I shouldn't say his only hope because anybody and he's got power so anybody can land a big shot but the head kicks too like yeah i just think that the way to go would be to kind of shoot in the middle of the octagon and not on the cage because i think izzy's cage wrestling is incredible but then in like if you can kind of like push the pace and actually get him in the center then he's going to have to scooch back to the cage you might be able to get some good ground and pound and maybe even a submission cuz i think on the ground like if it actually comes down to the, like ddp being on top of adesanya for an extended period of time then i think adesanya is in real danger because i think mm-hmm. that he hasn't fought a grappler that's this good yeah, in a while so I it's know. yeah i think it's you know obviously you don't love like the story and whatnot behind it yeah i mean you wish they were beefing over like some dumb shit rather than like actually something serious but But, you know i don't think if it adds to a a great title fight that we're gonna see between them then you know well that's kind of where my point was gonna go with it i think it'll only add to the hype of it i I know that fight week is going to be crazy. It's a new challenger for Adesanya. I think that's exciting. So. Exactly. That's why I'm, in, I'm not happy to see Whitaker lose, but I'm happy that we got a new contender out of this because Izzy is in need of Very blood. capable contender too. So. Yeah. And especially a hype one because we've had a bunch of Izzy fights in recent years that like they're not really talking much in the pre-fight. Like it's more respect. And you know, not that that's a bad thing, but to build a big fight card, it's nice to have a little bit of shit talk in. You know that these guys are going to be going at it. I mean, if Izzy in the cage wasn't any indication. But, uh, yeah, man. I, I was I was really impressed by Duplessis. Honestly, like, if I had to pick of somebody, pick somebody who impressed me the most last night, 
would probably be him be, just because of who he beat and how he was able to do it in such a brutal fashion because yeah. I did yeah. not see that coming at all. But I will say this, something that I did see coming was Hooker versus Turner being an absolute fucking war. I think that... That was a fight of the night. I think that was fight of the year, even over the fight title of the year. fight. Yeah, like, they, me, yeah. For me personally, I, I would not too, argue man. with anybody who thinks that the flyweight... Oh, God, he's knocking over the secret juice, getting too amped. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I wouldn't hate on anybody who picks the co-main event as fight of the year, but you got to consider this one. I yeah, mean, I think just, it's just one. Where do you even start with this one? I mean, because Dan Hooker is tough as nails. We all know that. He's had multiple crazy fights like this at this point, like versus Poirier, Felder. Um, oh God, there's like one more that I'm thinking of. I think I wrote it down too. I don't want to forget these because he deserves all the credit. Oh, I just wrote this one, duh. But um, in the early part of this fight, Turner was doing pretty good, but I think that they both hurt each other so many times in the first like five to seven minutes of this fight. I think Turner was getting the better of it, but you could tell that Hooker wasn't out of it by any stretch. But then in round three, I think Turner was probably exhausted. Probably because that weight cut, if I had to guess. Just missing weight by uh, two pounds, 158. So you can't really imagine that the weight cut was that good. And, I mean, I, that's the only reason I could think of, really, for why he was that tired. Because he, he hasn't really looked like that in the past. So, but props to Hooker, man. Because just to last through all those big shots that he ate to f get in like a dominant position in that third round and just really beat the shit out of Jalen Turner. And I don't know, man, that fight was just chaos. Like I'm literally jumping from point to point because I don't even know where to start with it. But just what were your thoughts on this just amazing instant classic of a fight? Mm -hmm. Yeah, bro. I think, <laughs> I, think, I, think I think it was a, a fight that – both guys, you need. I thought it, it it made sense coming in, and there was I thought there was a lot of stake for both guys, and you know even like win or lose, like uh, you know they I like you were like coming in regardless. Like I think we were in for a great fight one way or another, and then we did get a great fight, and just like yeah, I think on either way, like both those guys needed like that you know that kind of fight, just like. First, like, you know, in terms of, like, I would think that, you know, freaking the bonuses and stuff and just, like, in terms of, you know, obviously being on a pay-per-view and getting all this, uh, all this attention and stuff, like, to, you know, obviously to the casual crowd and whatnot, like, these are two guys that deserve that kind of, like, that kind of shine and, uh, attention and, and praise because, I mean, like, Dan Hooker, you know, definitely for one, and then obviously the up-and-coming Jalen Turner still, so... And his um, stock did not fall. I mean, you could say what you want about the weight miss, but in yeah. terms of the fight itself, his stock didn't go down, in my opinion. But And Dan Hooker's just goes up. Like, I think you got to give him a top 10 guy next just because he's hovering right on the outside of it, and he just beat a surging contender. But yeah, man. It's insane to think about Dan Hooker's career and how many just crazy fights he's had, even in losses. His wins are insane. I mean, I was thinking about some of the fights where he – in this one, he was so tough, right? And I thought about some of his losses, like the one versus Edson Barboza where he's just got beat up to the body, or even the Islam Makachev. We were talking about that one last night when he got caught in that Kimura and he didn't even tap. He just screamed, and the ref stopped the fight because it was, he like, and even he was mad. Like, can you believe that? He's getting his arms just ripped apart, and he was mad that the ref stopped the fight because his body forced him to scream. Like, that's insane. 
So Dan Hooker is as tough as they come, truly. He's an absolute warrior in there. And, you know, you were talking about guys getting their respect. I'm glad that a mass audience just got to see yeah. Dan Hooker put on a show against Jalen Turner. Exactly. Jalen yeah, Turner, too. Exactly. Fight of the year, man. Hey, man. Well, I mean, I'm hoping that we get some better fights because that will only mean more fun podcasts and more it's fun It's, like, fights. crazy <laughs> to think even think that like you were literally just saying about getting his arm freaking mangled by his own macho like it's crazy to even think that dan hooker is still like able to deliver these these kinds of fights and win them yeah. like, like so... the guys i was with last night like they were like yeah that was i'd say that was technically a verbal tap <laughs> he might not have intended to be a verbal tap but i think when the opponent is in a deep kimura and they start screaming that's probably when the ref should step in but like the fact that dan hooker wouldn't tap to that is just insane i mean that deserves credit in itself but top 10 opponent that's how i feel would you agree yeah, what do you think about this i i only had one name that i kind of picked out and i don't know if it really be too insane stylistically but it's a good step up what about Hooker versus Gamrot? Not too bad. Yeah. I think the grappling might be a little bit of an issue, but Hooker is definitely not like bad on the ground. He also has like good front chokes. So for, I'm here for it. I just I, I, I love a good I love a Dan a Dan Hooker scrap. The dude just you know he fights every lightweight there is to fight, and so yeah, it's awesome. And yeah, we hope he keeps it going. Dude's and, savage. But let's get into the last fight we got to talk about on the main card you know speaking of savages bo nickel man knockout 38 seconds i mean what else can you say besides the fact that he is he was the biggest ufc favorite in history and i think that, that was warranted judging by how this fight went i mean he didn't even have to use his grappling just the fact that he hit him with the the hooks that he got him with and just starched him right off the bat. And that dude was undefeated too. So it wasn't just like some random bomb. I get that he took the fight on short notice, <laughs> but man, what a performance. And I, I don't even, I don't know where to begin with him because his wrestling, we don't even need to talk much about that. Three-time national champ at Penn State. We know his wrestling is insane. I think he's still a bit green in the stand-up. Even in this fight, you could kind of see it. Like he's a bit like herky-jerky with his technique. And he might get caught versus like a faster striker, but I don't, I don't know. What, where do you want to begin with this one? Because we can kind of go talk about the quick fight that happened, or we can kind of talk about where maybe they should go with Bo Nickel next. Because I think either is a worthy conversation, I guess. Mm, I mean, you know, we'll, we can definitely talk about the fight, the fight itself, getting it done on the feet. You know, TKO finish like that shouldn't go. I don't think that should go, like, you know, unnoted and whatnot. So, like, it is pretty encouraging to see how a guy like Bo Knuckle and obviously a guy that, you know, that that we've obviously talked highly about and want to see at the top and then obviously the company themselves. And so, like, yeah, I mean, it's once again to get to do to get that done in that way on 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 a pay per view card like it's a I think it's a it's a big deal and and it, I think it goes a long way so what a way to start it too with like such an exciting first round finish and then one of the other things I noticed too more in the interview honestly because the fight was so short but you ever notice like how much of a pro Bo Nickel is he's five and zero in MMA and he has like the poise of a thirty fight veteran. Like, he's putting his arm around Joe Rogan. Like, he's been there a million times. Like, And I get that he's an accomplished athlete outside of the UFC. But just 
the pure maturity that this guy has and his fight IQ is amazing to me. Like, I don't worry about him going out there and doing something stupid and getting knocked out because he listens to his coaches. His wrestling is so elite that it probably, even now, can match up with those top guys. Maybe not his striking, but his wrestling for sure. I, I just think that this dude's going to keep going further. Do you think that they should build him slower or faster? Because I think keeping a slower pace is the best move for a guy that's still green. But what are your thoughts on that? Because obviously he's mauling people. <laughs> yeah, I think he's on the slower track, which is fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess he just keep booking him for pay-per-view cards and maybe he gets like a fight night main event. So. Not at the apex. Don't put him at the apex. <laughs> in the apex. We don't need to see that. Keep putting this dude in front of crowds. Well, you know, just for like, so like, you know, just out of like curiosity now. And so like, but I guess with the smaller cage, if a smaller cage wouldn't, it would, would it favor a, a grappler? Oh yeah, like that or? would definitely help him. Yeah. Less room for someone to run pretty much. But I mean, he doesn't even need it. Clearly. I think all of his fights have been in the, the big cage, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> does it really even, do we even need to see him in a small cage? I think this dude's a fan favorite already, and he's not even fighting ranked people. I, I think the hype on him is real, and I mean that not in the way that, like, all the people are watching, because we know that, but just with this dude's wrestling credentials alone, I think it's safe to say that we're going to see him at the top of 185 at some point. Maybe not as champion. We don't know. I mean, who knows how the landscape is going to be over the next year or two. Yeah. But I think that this dude's going to be a mainstay at the top of this division for sure, just from sheer wrestling alone. And at ATT, you know he's going to be able to round it out with all the good training partners there. So just outstanding performance once again for Bo Nickel. And the last fight that I really wanted to talk about was Robbie Lawler's retirement fight as a fight fan and as any fight fan should think this was such an amazing way for him to go out I mean, we don't see many guys get to go out like this with a first round knockout win so to see him knock out Nico Price like that and to see that that highlight reel that they showed during his interview Here. get him choked up like that someone you never really would think of as a crier <laughs> I mean dude I thought someone was cutting onions during oh, that man that was classy <laughs> we could start in a lot of places. I mean, the fight itself, much like the fight that we just talked about, was very quick. So I don't really know if there's much to go on there. I mean, this is a typical Robbie Waller knockout. I don't really think there's much to break down. It's not like we're going to be talking about who's next. So I, I just think that this is a good point to give Lawler's flowers. Absolutely perfect. Yeah. Dude. What did you think about that? that uh highlight reel that they showed after because they don't usually do that. Well, that I thought too. that was amazing. I thought that yeah, that's that's what made everything so perfect. That really. was really well done by them. I wasn't expecting them to do that because they don't really do that for anybody. Not like during their career. So I, I thought that was classy by them. Especially, you know, a promotion that sometimes you don't see people go out on the best of terms. And he got inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame earlier this week too. So it's just been a memorable week yeah. all around for Robbie. And, I mean, this dude's been fighting since 2002. Well, is it? years in the game. So, I know he's not, you know, technically he's not a pride fighter, but he has fought in pride, right? Oh, uh, that's a good question. You might be right about that, Because, like, honestly. if he has, then there is 
No more. Literally no more pride. Let's find any, out. Some, any, uh... It would be way down there, that's for sure. I don't think he has, though. Any shred of pride left. Oh, no, he has. He fought one time, I think. Pride 32. Won by first-round knockout, 22 seconds. Much like this no, one. Yeah. <laughs> so, how, I think that's actually his poetic. fastest finish over this one. So Coincidence? That's incredible. Not. He was good in strike force too, man. I, I wrote this down on the outline. But, like, one of my favorite fights of his of all time, and we'll get into a bunch of his fights in a few... But he had a fight in Strikeforce versus Melvin Mann, who, who for anybody who doesn't know, because it's a bit of an old school name, great kickboxer, just outstanding on the feet. And he was just tearing Robbie's feet uh, or legs up in the first round. And then eventually it just got to a crazy scramble and Robbie did what Robbie does and just landed a huge shot and knocked Manhoof out cold. One of the better comebacks I've seen. That's a strike force <laughs> fight. So you guys are going to have to go on UFC Fight Pass if you want to see that one. Or you could find it on YouTube. But one of the things that I've written down here that I definitely want to talk about is just... I think me and you will agree on this, so let's just get this out of the way. I think we both agree that UFC 189 versus Rory is probably our favorite Robbie moment. And, you know, we can get into favorite it. The fight, fight itself is crazy. Time. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't even have to be just Robbie. I mean, that's one of... Probably my favorite fight of all time. I agree with you on that one. But mm-hmm. then you pick... Fact Wait, is, so isn't this fight in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, that fight just got inducted yeah. into it. So nice. He Now Robbie Lawler himself is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, he deserves it. Then he Rory won, too. too. I mean, Rory wasn't at the event, but Defended he was inducted. Defended his title in, like, wow. What a, what a legend. He really is. I mean, I look at his Truly whole title incredible. reign. It's Truly nuts. incredible. And I'm glad I'm glad I'm I'm glad I'm here to to cover, you know, to cover his uh his retirement in real time. Well, I'll say this, I'm glad we get to cover such a great ending because we've talked yeah. to so many fighters who didn't get that luxury. I mean, we saw Joanna get finished in her final fight. I remember when Nick Diaz got beat by Robbie Law, that was a bit sad to see. I mean, it just sucks seeing those old OGs of the sport just get beat like that, but this one was perfect. I thought it was a good matchup too versus Nico Price, but then I mean this dude's been through so many wars, had so many knockouts. I mean he had, he's knocked out um, Josh Koscheck, Jake Ellenberger. I remember he fought Cowboy. That was a good fight. His fight versus Askren was really good. I mentioned the Manhoof one, but then you go in his title reign, he beats Johnny Hendricks at one UFC one eighty one five round war. Beats Rory McDonald at 189, another war, and then 195 versus Carlos Condit. That's another fight you could argue is one of the so, best ever. Yeah. It's nuts, dude. Like this guy is truly one of one of one. I, I, people have called him the Mike Tyson of MMA. I would kind of agree with that almost. I mean, you might be able to say Francis Ngannou too, but Robbie Wait, Waller so was doing did, it for everybody. Did Robbie ever end up winning a welterweight title? Yeah, dude, what are you talking about? In the UFC, yeah. Over that fight with Rory was a title what? fight. Uh, for the that oh, was a title defense, I should say. For he, the okay, all right, yeah. No, because I'm thinking about the lightweight his uh his lightweight run. Robbie, yeah. Are we talking about the same dude? He never fought a lightweight, dude. There's no wait. <laughs> hold on, no, no bro. Robbie Lawler's been a welterweight his entire career. Fought a middleweight in strike force, I think. Oh, but that, wow. that might be what you're thinking of. No, not even, man. It's like, wow, I didn't even, like, his yeah, whole no. entire career. That dude had to cut his leg off to get to 155, I think. He's wow. a big dude. But, there yeah, you no, know. his title reign. Sheesh. I know that, I should say this for, for the viewers who are 
like might shit on you in the comments. You have yeah. only been watching the UFC since like 2019, 2020, right? Yeah. Like, so yeah, they, they, don't give him that much shit <laughs> is what I'm saying. Exactly. I mean, I haven't, yeah, like he's pretty much the majority of his, his career is like he's been, has fought before, like, you know. Oh, even for watch, me. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been watching the UFC, I guess if you want to really start it since like 2015, 2017. And then I got it like into it hardcore in like 2018. But when I was getting into it, it was when like Robbie was in the middle of his title reign. I don't think I was like fully invested yet when he beat Hendricks, but I've seen that fight now. I mean, he, he fought Hendricks. So I'll give you like the little blueprint and this will maybe will educate some of the, uh, the uh, more newer fans of MMA. But like Robbie Lawler, he came back to the UFC because he fought in the UFC in the early days, like before UFC 100. And then he fought in Pride, Strike Force. And then when Strike Force got acquired by the UFC, he came back. And then he, I think his first fight might have been against Rory in like the first time he fought Rory. And he beat him in another underrated. Because I think because of the second fight, people don't talk about how great his, the first fight with Rory was, too. But eventually he gets to a title fight after GSP retires after beating Hendricks. So it was him versus Hendricks. I think it was UFC 171. And he lost that fight, but it was a war. And then eventually they fought again at 181 because Robbie, I let's see, because I don't want to get this wrong, because his career deserves to be told in the right way. But he after he lost to Hendricks the first time, that's right, he knocked out Ellenberger. And then he had an insane war versus Matt Brown. And then he came back and fought Johnny Hendricks again, beat him in a war, and I just went through his title reign before. I mean, this dude, I don't think you could really say he's one of like the greatest welterweights or middleweights of all time, but this dude has left his mark on the sport, that's for sure. I mean, people will be talking about Robbie Lawler's fights, I think, until the end of time or the end of the UFC, whatever comes first. Yeah, screw, but, yeah. Screw a weight class, anyways. I just know Robbie Lawler as a freaking fighter. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I'm just busting your balls a little bit when I'm like messing with you about that. I just don't no, want people I, to give uh, you a hard time in the comments. Dude, people, it's just when the you, MMA community gets mad, man. <laughs> tell me about it, man. I mean, dude, when you fucking fought, you have the fucking track record that Robbie Lawler has. Like, jeez, like I, I they, I would think you tend to like move around, move around in the. And, um, you know, weight classes a little bit, but, you know, for yeah. all that to be done in one division, I think it's pretty impressive. So. Yeah, man. I mean, he's a welterweight champion, no matter how you slice it. I mean, guys like Usman Woodley had, like, I guess more dominant reigns, but Robbie Lawler's whole title, title reign at welterweight was just pure action. So because of that, salute to him, man. Uh, that was what an ending. That's really all I could say about it. So... The last thing I really want to talk about is uh, just the card in general. I mean, there were so many finishes, even on the prelims before the Lawler fight. And I enjoyed it a lot. And I think the one question that I keep seeing around just social media and stuff, is this the best UFC pay-per-view ever? Uh, you know, I mean, I don't feel like I'm in a really good position to be saying that, but I mean, it's well, for you, where does it rank, like, in ones that you've seen live, I guess? I'll put it like that. Or have seen, like, the whole thing, because... Well, yeah, it's one of, yeah, it's one of the... It's, it's top three, easily. Top three, yeah. top five, whatever. 
I agree, mm-hmm. man. <laughs> I've seen we were just talking about I UFC thought, 189 yeah. before. I think that's number one for me because yeah, Robbie, Rory, and the co-main was nuts. And then I mean, McGregor I Mendes thought just all the fights just made sense and they all delivered in their own unique way. And from start yeah. to finish, too. Like we have, we didn't talk about every single fight on this card because we're already almost at an hour. <laughs> so if we did that, we'd be here probably for another hour. But there were a lot of impressive finishes and stuff. From top to bottom, this was definitely one of the best that I've seen. I personally, 189 is my favorite. You know, I have a soft spot for that Robbie Rory fight. And then McGregor Mendez was awesome. And then another one that I liked a lot was 217, which is a GSP versus um, Bisping. And that had like three title fights on it. It was stacked from top to bottom. Plus, it was on my birthday. So <laughs> it has a special spot for me. But I think it beats like ones like UFC 100 or. 205 like just iconic cards this one was pretty insane man like i know it didn't have some of the star power that people were hoping but in terms of the fights themselves this lived up to the hype and then some i mean like i said we had two fight of the year contenders in three fights (laughs) that's incredible i feel like in a way it did have the star power it's just you know not to the casual audience i should say because i think people were in them they love exactly so yeah i mean i guess like However you want to interpret that in case, I guess, in case of like, you know, hopefully the casual fans got a more better understanding about these guys or. Man, I hope so. I mean, Volk more than anybody, I hope, gets the credit. Or like, yeah, or the other way, like you were saying, they're, you know, they're not entirely sold because there's not enough star power and all that, so. I will say I've heard a lot of good things about this card from people who aren't sure like i aren't sure they're not like big ufc fans like they watch sometimes but definitely aren't as locked in as like me and you i i think that uh i say locked in as me and you you thought robbie wall was a fucking lightweight (laughs) but um no i'm I'm fucking with you but um i i think that this card will last through the test of time i think that we'll look back on this as one of the best cards that we've seen i put it at number three i'd be curious to see what you guys think you guys should put it in the comments what your thoughts are on that one but i don't really have much more to say on this card we have a fight night next week with holly holm and uh, maria bueno silva back at the apex (laughs) gotta love it but um that's really all i got so let us know what you guys thought of this card like the video if you enjoyed it and subscribe we'll see y'all